Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in. You're listening to This Week Again. I'm your host, Suzanne Posel. We're going to start off this show with some much-deserved maggot karma. Move on to the Republicans' trip to the U.S.-Mexico border and follow all of that up with an update to our ongoing docuseries, More Reasons Not to Vote for Cognitive Decline Dawn. Let's begin, shall we? For those of you who use the Gregorian calendar, you're probably aware that yesterday was January 6th, affectionately known as Trader Day. In 2024, it's been three years since Dolt 45's army of fourth meal warriors stormed the Capitol while killing cops just so they could smear shit on the walls to mark their territory and put their feet on the then House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's desk. And what better way to commemorate this great day in maggot history than have a party? January 6th, the pretty infamous day in recent American history. It will be the third anniversary, after all, of the storming of the Capitol, the attempt to overturn the results of the 2020 election. And for some conservatives, it is a day not to be remembered, to try to learn lessons from, but to be commemorated. And there was supposedly a celebration planned. They were going to be hosting a January 6th insurrection party with the keynote speaker, Marjorie Taylor Greene at a resort in Florida. The event was originally touted as a book signing hosted by a local Republican party. Westgate told me in a statement they were not made aware of the purpose of this event when they were approached to host a book signing. This event has been canceled and is no longer taking place at the resort. (laughs) So this is what Marjorie and the Goblin thought would, I don't know, help her book sales? (laughs) Because no joke. Moron Trader Gangrene allegedly wrote a book, which no one is buying. So she thought having a party celebrating the Karens and Kevins of Meal Team 6, who showed up on January 6th, is one way to boost her sales. (laughs) Unfortunately, there was an adult in the room who is the hotel venue. And (laughs) guess what? Mom said no. They found out about the whole thing and said, not in my hotel, Satan. And let's take a moment, folks, to discuss the 288 pages of I'm sure a small child was used to actually write this incoherent account of a Nepo baby's rise to maggot stardom. Focus on the dumb part. (laughs) Because according to the publisher, Mad Marge is known for her humor and honesty, which is a shock to me because every time I've laughed at Georgia's electoral embarrassment, I'm pretty sure she wasn't making a joke when she said things like the January 6th rioters are political prisoners and Jews are using space lasers to cause wildfires in California. <laughs> oh, and while we're on the subject of Republicans being their own worst enemy, apparently It's complain about the border security season, and to kick things off is none other than no one's favorite House Speaker, Mr. Mike Johnson, who took a field trip with several other white supremacists, I mean Republicans, to the U.S.-Mexico border and decided to go on air with CNN's Jake Tapper to air out some grievances. Roll tape. 
So you're at the border today, and I presume uh, you're seeing a very dire situation, hardworking border agents who can't do their jobs with what they have. They need more money. They need more colleagues. They need more beds for asylum seekers. They need more funding. Um, how come the House has not yet touched this $14 billion supplemental request from the Biden administration and help these individuals? What the White House is proposing is more money to process and allow more illegals into the country. We need to do the opposite of that. Seven million people have come into the country since Biden uh, walked into the Oval Office. I don't think now's the time to do comprehensive immigration reform. They could they could issue executive orders and fix this overnight. You could reinstate the remain in Mexico policy, but we can seal the border. We could do it overnight. The president has the existing authority under existing federal law to do that, and he refuses to do it. Some people are saying, why not pass the $14 billion supplemental uh, bill that, that President Biden has put before you to at least try to help with some of these that, issues? That won't solve, that no, won't not, solve any of the solve, problems no. I just articulated. Right, that no, won't no. do a darn thing. Oh, so reinstating Sherbert dictators remain in Mexico policy when it comes to immigration at the U.S.-Mexico border is apparently the only solution to this crisis after Republicans have voted to defund Border Patrol during the previous administration and most recently voted against President Biden's $16.4 billion cash flow to help out at the border. Because according to Florida's 10 head rep and unindicted child sex trafficker, Mr. Matt Gates, who said on the trash site formerly known as Twitter, it is shut down the border or maggots will shut down the government. Or shall we go back to 2023 when Texas rep and sad little man Troy Nels told USA Today that Republicans would block Biden's border deal because it helps him politically? So that tells me Republican voters aren't sending their best to Congress if Republicans' only answer to the immigration question is, get off my lawn. And enough already with this $16.4 billion isn't going to do any good to help border security when throwing money at a problem is how Republicans do. Got a problem with your economy? Give the wealthiest in your country a $1.9 trillion tax cut because money solves any problem. And let's not forget what the border crisis is really about. Seriously, these aspects make about as much sense as Republican presidential nominee hopeful and the party's secret Pakistani former South Carolina governor, Namatra Wendawa. But you can call me Nikki Haley because it sounds whiter, who used the old I can't be racist because I had a black friend when I was a kid excuse for trying to convince everyone last week that the Civil War was actually about government control, not slavery. I should have said slavery right off the bat. But if you grow up in South Carolina... Literally, in second and third grade, you learn about slavery. You grow up and you have, you know, I had black friends growing up. It is a very talked about thing. We have a big history in South Carolina when it comes to, you know, slavery, when it comes to all the things that happened with the Civil War, all that. I was over, I was thinking past slavery and talking about the lesson that we would learn going forward. Oh, no, Namatra. We totally get that South Carolina is all about the slavery in schools because the Daughters of the Confederacy headquarters is in South Carolina.
And ever since 1861, the Daughters of the Confederacy have been working hard to make sure children who grew up in former Confederate states, like South Carolina, learned that slavery wasn't so bad because slaves were taught skills that they could use on or off the plantation. Although, if they were caught off the plantation, they had slave patrols to make sure slave skills were used only in service of the slave master. But anyway, uh, and that crap about this civil war being about states' rights, you know, well, that's a page right out of the Daughters of the Confederacy curriculum they introduced to former trader states as alternative history to ensure assholes like Namatra would regurgitate this bullshizen any chance she got. Which to me is mind-blowing because Namatra is the daughter of a Pakistani immigrant who came to this country by crossing a border, albeit it was the Canadian-US border, but still, border immigrants are border immigrants. Am I right, Republicans? Everything considered, I suppose it is a good thing that this first-generation brown girl had black friends when she was a child, although using them now as a justification for leaving slavery out of a response to what was the Civil War actually about question is about as white supremacist as listing your ethnicity as white when you're actually Pakistani, which Namatra does, by the way. <laughs> Here's an MSNBC reporter pushing back on Namatra for her black friend comment. There were some critics uh, that, that criticized your comments last night about having black friends as sort of a, using a, a trope. I don't know what you're implying with that, but what I will tell you is saying that I had black friends is a source of pride. Saying that I had white friends is a source of pride. If you want to know what it was like growing up, I was disqualified from a beauty pageant because I wasn't white or black, because they didn't know where to put me. So look, I know the hardships, the pain that come with racism. If I didn't mention slavery on that day, it's because that's an automatic. I misread it and thought he was looking for a bigger answer going forward. So critics can say whatever they want. I'm very comfortable in my skin. I'm very comfortable with what I believe in. And my job is not to convince them. Oh, okay. Uh, but isn't your entire presidential nomination campaign about convincing people of who you are and what you're capable of if you did become president? <laughs> Listen, Namatra, can I call you by your real name? I know it's hard being white enough for a demographic that you're trying to get votes from, but you're not going to win over the darker shades of pale with this I know what it's like to be a victim of racism when you yourself deny your own brownness. Embrace your anchor baby heritage and wear that as a badge of honor. Not in the fact that you hung out with a few black kids growing up because the mean girls wouldn't let you sit at their table. And speaking of keeping the bad people out, Illinois and Massachusetts have decided removing Eric's dad from their ballots is a good idea since the bogus SCOTUS decided to take up Colorado's removal of Donnie Two Scoops from their ballot late last year. One of the most brilliant parts of Colorado's Supreme Court decision to remove the Big Lebowski 
was the reasoning of the former Colorado appellate judge turned Supreme Court justice, thanks to Dingus Khan, who said this about why anyone could or should be on a ballot. Colorado justices take Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch in his own words when he was an appellate court judge and offer them back at him. Quotes Neil Gorsuch in this ruling, it's specifically targeting a decision that Neil Gorsuch made, a ruling he made in 2012 as an appellate court judge in Colorado. Citing him saying, yes, it is, quote, a state's legitimate interest in protecting the integrity and practical functioning of the political process that permits it to exclude from the ballot candidates who are constitutionally prohibited from assuming office. The Colorado majority cited Justice Gorsuch liberally from this 10th Circuit decision when he was a judge. And this was you know, what the kids on Twitter call a this you moment. Right. Damn, that is some good shit. Forcing the maggot-controlled bogus SCOTUS to either say Neil Gorsuch is a bullshit artist who just wanted to keep a man named Abdul from running for president or Mayor McTreason shouldn't be allowed to run again because of the 14th Amendment. Well, if you thought there was no way the fraud father's lawyer could go on Fox Not a News Channel and say if Colorado thinks they've got Justice Gorsuch by the ethics, then they're going to call in favors from Justice Brett I Like Beer Kavanaugh in this particular case, you would be all sorts of wrong. <laughs> Roll tape. He has also voiced some concern that a court that has, you know, he appointed uh, three of the justices uh, to the Supreme Court and it gave a, the conservatives a supermajority. He is concerned that they are going to look as if they're trying not to rule in his favor and might rule against him. Yeah, that's a, that's a concern that he's voiced to me. Um, he's voiced to everybody publicly, not privately. And I can tell you that his concern is a valid one. I think it should be a slam dunk in the Supreme Court. I have faith in them. You know, people like um, Kavanaugh, who the president fought for, who the president went through hell to get into place. He'll step up. Those people will step up, not because they're pro-Trump, but because they're pro-law, because they're pro-fairness. And the law on this is very clear. Oh. Would somebody please tell this ambulance chaser, you're not supposed to say the quiet part out loud on national television. Of course, people are going to clip that audio and play it on their show as an example of what not to do, which is what just happened to you. <laughs> and another thing, thank you very much for affirming what we already knew to be true. That Gerth Vader has been talking to the subordinate justices that he got onto the bench, making sure that they're going to rule in his favor. Because when old Wack Donald said he was appealing Colorado's ruling to the bogus SCOTUS, the first thought in my mind was, how many beers does it take to get Brett Kavanaugh to rule in your favor? Heck, let's just ask the justice of the cold ones himself. I drank beer with my friends. Sometimes I had too many beers. I liked beer. I still like beer. Had beers, have some beers. One beer, drink beer, drinks beer, drank beer, and drinking beer. Beer, I like you beer. For that. I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. Do you like beer, Senator, or not? Um, what do you like to drink? Next one. Hanging out and having some beers with friends, which I gladly do and which I fully embrace. Yeah, definitely. 
I'm guessing it'll take all the beers, which I'm sure Marlardo can afford. Now that we found out, he has made $7.8 million at least from 20 foreign governments while he was occupying the White House. We're following some breaking news right now, and a new report by Democrats on the House Oversight Committee says businesses run by former President Donald Trump while he was in office earned millions of dollars from foreign entities during his presidency. In a report titled White House for Sale, they say at least 20 foreign governments paid his companies almost $8 million. White House for Sale, how princes, prime ministers and premiers paid off President Trump. And it basically accuses him of taking money from foreign governments through his businesses that he continued to retain while in office. And this, House Democrats say, is a blatant violation of the U.S. Constitution, particularly because Trump did not seek congressional approval for what he did. The report found that China spent some $5.5 million at Trump properties, including Trump Tower, where a Chinese bank has rented office space since 2008. Wait a fucking minute. This 156-page report details just how the marginally sentient spray tan was paid $7.8 million from countries like Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and old Yeller's favorite, China. From China specifically, he got $5.5 million, or the majority of the bribe cash. Oh, and don't forget, back in 2018, during the orange rain, the president's and his daughter wife received 34 trademarks from China, which translates to more cheese for the tiny-handed grifter. Combine that with the 5.5 million Dems just found and detailed in their White House for Sale report, I don't blame that the orange trader is wanting to get back in the Oval Office, <laughs> probably because that's the most money he's made from China in his entire life. <laughs> and apparently that's not just conjecture. Thanks to New York DA Letitia James and her case that put the dumpster fires family out of business, we all know he survived for years on lies and loans. No wonder he always stays in his own properties, eats in any of the barely-a-restaurant establishments featured in his hotels, basically because, you guessed it, he can't afford to go out and eat. The Hilton or Naboo is going to expect to get paid at the end of the night, but his own hotels? <laughs> they aren't going to ask him for cash, which is hilariously sad. So I'm going to end this show with something that brought a smile to my face and was the perfect way to ring in 2024. Green Day performing American Idiot on the New Year's Eve show with Dick Clark and they had some new lyrics. Enjoy. I 
And that's all I have to say about that. New episodes of This Week Again air every Sunday. But if that's not enough for you, you can catch me on the podcast Face Palm America with host Beowulf Rockland, where we make fun of the news in real time on a recorded podcast. And you can follow This Week Again on social media wherever you can find us. We are also available for your listening pleasure on places like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, Amazon, but basically wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you so much for listening to this show. Today for now.